and welcome back to Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews, coming at you online at nicktiffany.com in podcast audio form on all podcast networks and here on YouTube in the video format. Today, we're talking about DC Comics, their latest superhero film, finally their best superhero film, at least of the last, gosh, like five or six films. It's really been a while since I feel like DC's had something fresh like Blue Beetle after the disaster that was the flash everything with shazam black adam uh, you know covid i'm like we've been getting past a lot of things new leadership comes in and they shelve batgirl but then they move blue beetle away from what was originally going to be just a max streaming debut and they said hey let's make it theatrical it doesn't cost nearly what the flash cost but it also didn't get nearly the same marketing that the flash got and the tough thing about that was everyone from James Gunn to David Zaslav to Tom Cruise and Stephen King said, The Flash is the best comic book movie ever. Like, this is what movies are about. And then people went and saw The Flash and it was like, I mean, that was fine. You know, especially if you know anything about the production behind that, it's like it got pretty messy along the way. So DC really needed a win. Warner Brothers got a win with Barbie. Took the wrong message from that already. But DC, they needed a win. And I think it's great that it comes in the form of their first Latin superhero that they're putting into film. Jaime Reyes is an awesome character in the comics, kind of grows up in El Paso, right across from Palmera City. And so in this film, they kind of take inspiration from the Florida Keys, from Puerto Rico, from El Paso and parts of Texas. And so where he's kind of grown up, and is returning to after just graduating college, kind of is like that El Paso substitute, kind of looking out at this incredibly high-tech city where Cord Industries is. Cord Industries plays a huge role for anybody who knows anything about Blue Beetle. One of the past Blue Beetles, Ted Cord, was this massive inventor, created all these different things, and fought as this superhero. Now where our story takes place, kind of in this present day, you know, there's acknowledgement of Superman, Batman, other heroes. They're really leaning on the fact that this is kind of separate from the larger DC extended universe. Jaime Reyes comes home. He's played just freaking amazingly by Solo Maridueña. And I mean, he just exudes so much charisma. He is so enjoyable. This is a character who, you know, I think a lot of people are going to compare to Spider-Man just in the sense of it's like, okay, he's young. He's still learning about himself. He feels this responsibility for people. In this case, Jaime is exceptionally close with his family. You know, this is a multi-generational household. He's got his Nana. He's got his uncle. He's got his parents. He's got his sister. And there's a huge emphasis that's kind of placed on his Mexican-American heritage, kind of acknowledging some of the conditions that he grows up in, looking at kind of where they came from, what's important and essential to this family, whether it's the foods they're eating, the art that's in their house, the jokes they're making, the movies they're referencing. Uh, you know, I think this film shines a really great light on this different part of the culture and, you know, really shows it a lot of love in the sense of emphasizing how important family is. And, you know, for a lot of Americans, and especially in, I would say, predominantly white families, you know, there's this idea of, okay, when I'm 18, when I'm old enough, I'm going to get as far away from family as I can. I don't want my parents living with me. I don't want grandma living with me. 
it's just totally removed. It's a very, I don't want to say selfish thing, but you know, there is less emphasis on family after you are a certain age. You know, it's like, oh, let's just put them in a nursing home. Let's do whatever. And obviously economics can kind of boil down to some of that as well. You know, for some people, they have the ability and the resources to take care of people like that. But for a large majority of the world, quite honestly, it's not that easy, you know? And so it's also really helpful having your family around, especially, you know, if there's a newborn child, if you need rides to school, whatever, you know, you've got so many different role models in your life um, that especially as you grow older, kind of take on new meaning and you're always learning. And so uh, for one, I really loved the approach they have to this film. By no means is it a superhero film that reinvents the wheel. You know, it's got a lot of aspects to it that are kind of like Iron Man, that are kind of like Spider-Man. You know, so essentially the way the story goes, Jaime comes back from college. He needs to get a job and he meets Jenny Cord, who's the daughter of Ted Cord, who's disappeared some years back. She hands him a box, you know, of course says, don't open it. Don't look at it. Just get it out of here. Keep it safe. What's he going to do when he's with his family? They're going to look at it. There's this blue scarab, this weird alien technology that literally latches onto him, embeds itself with his body, creating sort of this symbiotic relationship between the two. It's this ancient alien technology that's been searching for a specific host. And so once it kind of latches onto Jaime, there's this sort of exoskeleton it creates to protect him and that could design any sort of weapon he wants. And that's kind of where you get the blue beetle. Obviously, yes, the scarab is blue, but this suit it creates with these wings, with all this kind of look with the eyes and everything. It's, you know, it's like, all right, this is the blue beetle. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's really fun watching this film. It's not nearly, you know, despite being, I would say, as family-based as it is, it doesn't get like so overwhelmingly invested where you're like, okay, I need more of Jaime. I need more of his story. You do get a lot of that. Um, but I just, I just think there's something to be said for, you know, especially the Flash not being as emotional, personally, in my opinion, as it could have been, given the subject matter. Um, obviously his mom was insanely important to him. It's why he goes back in time. I was hoping there'd be more moments with her, with his family, with himself. So in this film, you know, there's this real great battle of, okay, you know, does love for your family and does love for other people make you weak or does it make you stronger? Because obviously every villain's go to is, Hey, I'm just going to try to make your family suffer. That's the easiest way to get to a hero, you know? especially when a family can't fight back or doesn't know what they're getting into. And so, you know, the villain in this film, Susan Sarandon, I feel like it's a little paint by numbers. It's like, all right, we're trying to use this technology. We're going to make an army of scarab-like enforcers. And, you know, it's going to be so great. This is what the world needs. It's like more military-style police, which is obviously not what it needs. And so you kind of look at some of these gentrification aspects too, of where the Reyes are, where they live, the idea that, you know, all of this land used to be completely different. We owned it at one point, you know, and now there's just skyscrapers as far as the eye can see. And that line of, hey, you know, let's tear down, build up brand new. You know, it's getting muddled. It's muddy. It's just, 
an uncomfortable place because here people have spent their same their whole lives in the same place and you know it's like hey we're tripling your rent so unless you can afford that default on the house let us take the land and do what we want to do again you know some of these things are really easy for companies and corporations and people to do but there's often little thought put into the people who this is like really affecting and so there's a just huge emotional anchor to this film with Jaime, with his father. Um, it just, it just works so well. I don't know. I, you know, I'm not overly familiar with Blue Beetle as a character. Um, I've never read any of the Blue Beetle comics, seen Blue Beetle in a number of TV shows and different DC style movies and certainly enjoy the character. But this was, I think, just the perfect launch into who he is, you know? I think about the character in regards to Shazam as well, where it's like, okay, this is, you know, he's 22 in this story, you know, Billy Batson's now 18 in Shazam too. But the way that they portray a young kid these days, it's not overly Gen Z, Gen X, whatever, you know, there's not tons of social media interaction or, you know, we're not flossing. We're not cracking jokes that you're like, yeah, I mean like a middle schooler would probably make that joke, but like you're, you're older than that. Not that there aren't some Saffron produced jokes in here. You know, Peter Saffron's the guy that produced films like the epic movie, all those spoof movies of Warner Brothers properties that ironically, a lot of them were Snyder's that they spoofed. Um, but, you know, there's certain jokes, whether it's about huevos and balls and we're talking about boners and oh, it's an erection in the suit. This blood's trap. You know, I'm like, there's just a few things in there that I was like, uh, you know, that really wasn't necessary. Maybe you're going to get a couple chuckles from the 12 year old guys, but you know, by and large, it was kind of like, okay, this sophomoric humor being inserted there kind of overlooked from this gun saffron new group. A um, little bit of eye rolling there, but by and large, you know, the film super enjoyable. There's, and I say this in the best way, there's like this spy kids aspect to it as well. Kind of when you involve the family, because on a level, if you're going to have normal people helping out a hero, fighting bad guys, playing along, you know, there's two ways you can go with it. One that's maybe more realistic and it's like, yeah, this is really dangerous. Or there's two where it's like the power of love and family binds us and makes us stronger and we're just going to go kick some ass, which is what happens. And it's like, honestly, I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they went that way and didn't apologize for it. Everything is just super fun. You know, the themes are extremely relevant. They're exceptionally deep. Um, I mean, there's just so many beautiful moments that Sholo has, whether it's his father, whether it's George Lopez, who plays his uncle. Um, I just, this was so refreshing. As a fan of DC, especially, and DC movies, like, I feel like there's been a drought. And we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting you know, I'm like, ever since Wonder Woman 84, it was just kind of like, all right, we've just gone downhill. And, you know, I'm like, I enjoyed parts of Birds of Prey. Some of the Suicide Squad is good. There's bits of Black Adam that are great. Bits of the Flash that are good. But by and large, there has not been one movie that like front to back is like, dang, that's like just a really exceptional story. I think honors the characters really well as a fan of those comics, too, and the world that they inhabit. Um, and made the theater loved it. Everybody was having a great time. I think, you know, culturally movies like these are important. I think 
this was the rare win by Warner Brothers to say, yes, we should put this in theaters. Doesn't help that they've not been able to promote it really. And then the strike going on, the actors haven't been able to promote it as well, which I think is really tough because they're all amazing. When you see them together, I mean, this dynamic is just so enjoyable. And I think people are missing out, unfortunately, because you can't totally ride some of the hype of this film or how are you going to interact organically with fans of it? Fans who've been waiting to see themselves represented on screen like this. So it just, it makes things tough and, you know, early tracking, you know, I don't think it's going to hit even what the flash did, but again, Warner brothers dumped hundreds of millions of dollars into the flash, more money on top of that for advertising and, you know, there's just a huge disconnect, I think, with their fans right now, with the larger whole, what means what going forward. You know, I will say James Gunn has come out and said, at least Jaime, you know, this version of him, I'd say Sholo, will be kind of returning as Blue Beetle in this new Superman legacy DC universe. We can expect to see the same actor and roughly the same character, I would say. I don't know if we're going to get another movie with the family. I'd be really disappointed if we didn't, but part of me is not surprised because something the actors have also said, you know, a lot of this is contingent on if people go and see the movie, do they see, want to see more stories about people like us? You know, some of these different minorities, you know, Warner brothers, it's like, Hey, you know, we, we released the movie, but if it's not a hit, you know, we can't promise you that we'll do more with your characters, unfortunately. And, it's just, it's a really tough place, I feel like, for the actors to be and people in the production because it's like, all right, you know, your contingency for a lot of these things is not unnormal or abnormal for Hollywood. But I don't know. There, This is an important character. This is an important film that I really think they should have pushed more however they can. You know, the director, um, well, Soto, I mean, he's out there doing the best he can, you know, talking up this incredible cast and this incredible performance. So hats off to him. My plea to you fans, whether it's DC fans, whether you like superheroes, you know, this is something it is family friendly and that's not a diss in the sense that like, Oh, you know, you're an adult and you're not going to have a great time. You know, I'm 27. I had a great time. I don't know what else to tell you. This is the breath of fresh air DC and superhero fans needed. This is up there probably with my most enjoyable superhero movie of the year, probably right behind the spider verse. Uh, again, Sholo is incredible. This guy is a star in the making. I can't get enough. I'm going to go see this movie again. I mean, that's just how good a time I had with it. And so I hope if you have the time, seek it out, learn a little bit about this character and hopefully we get to see more of them moving forward. You know, it's an odd world we live in with Warner Brothers and superheroes right now. The best we can do as fans is show up, support, especially these characters who mean so much to audiences and will go on to mean so much to larger audiences as well. Um, gosh, you know, it just it feels good. I'm like, I'm a little jazzed up. I'm like, all right, I don't know about Aquaman later in the year, but if Blue Beetle's the only good DC movie of this year, I'll take it. Thanks again for listening, you guys. Be sure to follow NT Movie Reviews on all social media networks, podcast platforms, and here on YouTube. Thanks, you guys, and we'll catch you next time.